Well, good morning. Welcome to the chapel. My name's Paul. I'm one of the pastors here on staff, and it's great to be worshiping with you on this 4th of July weekend. I hope you're having a great weekend and spending some time outside with friends and family. Well, if you're like most of us, these last couple months have been really hard and difficult, and maybe you're feeling depleted and you need some refreshment. And the Fountain of Life series that we're going through as we look at the book of Proverbs is going to provide you with just that. The words of God and the practical wisdom that we find in the book of Proverbs helps us to replenish and refill ourselves with wisdom from God during these difficult times. If you're new to the church or new to Christianity, or even if you've been around a while and you're trying to help grow in your relationship with God, one of the ways that lots of people do that and get into the discipline of reading their Bible is to choose a proverb a day. There's 31 proverbs, and a lot of times people will do that and, and choose to read one a day and help them to grow in their relationship with God. Today, we're going to be talking about the power of words. Some of the st- statistics that you know and probably have heard already is that women speak about 20,000 words a day. Men speak about 7,000 words a day. I probably speak around 2,000 words a day. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just how God has created us and how God has wired us. In the United States alone, 18 billion, around 18 billion text messages are sent a day. So you times that by the amount of words in a text message, and words are everywhere. One of my favorite songs from the Lumineers begins, it's not the words you say, it's how you say them. So it's not just the words we say, it's how we say those words that affects people. There's tone, there's timing, our words have pace. If you're from New Jersey, you know that there can be sarcasm in our words, and even withholding words. The silent treatment makes a huge difference in people's lives. What a difference in saying, great, you're here today, versus great, you're here today. Our words add humor and nuance to what we say like the bilingual magician who said he was going to disappear on the count of three. And he said, uno, dos, and poof, he vanished without a trace. Even the same word in a different culture, in a different context, can mean something completely different. When my wife and I first got married, we moved, had the privilege to move to Jamaica and work with one of our missionaries that the chapel supports, Dr. Raphael Thomas. And when we first flew onto the island, we stopped at a store to kind of supply ourselves with some things we were going to need. And they were asking us what we needed. And we said, you know, we need some clear plastic baggies, you know, like a Ziploc. And they were looking at us a little bit funny and said, well, we have those. They're just not clear or they're not plastic, but we can look. And it just became a little awkward and it was hard to figure out what each of us was talking about. And in our minds, we're thinking, clear plastic baggies, Ziploc, easy, you know, what's going on here? And they eventually said, well, we don't have any. I don't know if we're ever going to find those. We have some that you could borrow, I guess, if you needed to. And we said, no, it's okay. We'll just figure it out. Well, we came to find out later that baggies for us, meaning Ziploc clear baggies, means something completely different in Jamaica. In Jamaica, they refer to underwear as baggies. So our first impression that we made was asking for clear plastic underwear. Words matter, and they shape our lives. Words words have shaped my life. I've had encouraging words spoken to me from family members, like my parents who say, we're proud of you, we love you, you're a great son. 
My kids will tell me, you're a great dad. Other people will tell me, thank you for who you are and what you do. You're, you're doing a good job. I'm proud of you. Here's how I see God working in you. And these are encouraging words. My friend Bill will text me almost every day and said, you got this. You're right where God wants you. Let's have a great day today. Our words are encouraging and they shape us. I've had discouraging words spoken to me as well. Hurtful words. I remember my first time playing baseball down in college. We were, I was pitching for the very first time down at uh, spring training in Florida. And I went into the game and I threw my very first college pitch in a real game and I threw it very hard. And unfortunately, I threw it very straight and very right down the middle of the plate. The bad news was I threw it to a very good hitter who hit that ball a very far away. And once they got all their runs in and I got the ball back and I looked over and I saw my coach walking out to me. And if you know anything about baseball, a coach walking towards a pitcher is never a good sign. And as he got closer to me, I was kind of standing there and I was thinking he's going to say, Klaus, you got this. Just settle down, spot your pitches better, throw them better. You know, you got this. Just calm down. It's okay. And instead he walked up to me and he said, Klaus, you stunk in high school and you stink now. And he took me out of the game. Words of affirmation were not his love language. And while I can look back on that and laugh at that now, those words were really powerful to me, and I remember them some 20 years later. Words are shaping you as well. The words spoken to you and about you have shaped and had a huge impact on who you are and how you are today. And chances are you've had both of these, but if you've had people around you who have spoken kind and good and encouraging words over you, teachers, influencers, coaches, siblings, family members who've spoken kind and good words to you, chances are that you carry that with you and it puts you in a pretty good place today. On the other hand, if you've had people who have lied to you, who have manipulated you with their words or asked you what is wrong with you or spoken down to you with their words or hurt you with their words, chances are you carry that with you today and it affects you. And if that has happened to you, I want to say I am sorry that that has happened to you. Words shape not only us, but they shape our relationships. Your friends, your relationship with your children, nieces, nephews, parents, siblings, colleagues, neighbors, baristas. Our words have the ability to shape the quality and the direction of our relationships. Not only do they shape us and our relationships, but words also shape your opportunities. Ten years from now, if you apply for a job, chances are that employer is going to look back on what you've posted and what you've said on social media. So words can shape your opportunities. Words are powerful because they shape people and they form people. But did you ever wonder why our words seem to have so much weight? And as I was reading for this message and studying, this, this kind of hit me between the eyes. This was something I'd never really imagined before or never thought of before, and it was a powerful point to me, so I hope it will be to you as well. Did you know or did you ever think about the ability that you have to use your words, whether spoken or signed or written, is one of the ways in which the image of God is actually in you? 
You see, in other words, God has attributes or characteristics that he has for himself, that he keeps to himself. Those are called incommunicable attributes of God. And he also has communicable attributes of himself that he shares with us because we are made in his image. Some of the, some of the incommunicable attributes of God are the fact that he is all-powerful, omnipotent, um, or omnipresent, he's all over, or omniscient, he's all-knowing. And although we may think we're that, we are not. He shares, he keeps those to himself. But some of the communicable attributes that he shares with us are his, uh, our ability to love, our ability to have compassion, and our ability to use words. And that speaks a lot to why they're so powerful, because the gift of words comes from God himself. And maybe you've never thought about that before, but that's just a powerful concept to believe and to think about and to understand that our words are a gift given to us by God. So we got to use them well because they carry weight and they last and they stick with us like we all know. And the good news is, is because God knows us, he knows you and he knows me. He gives us very practical wisdom on how to use those words found in the book of Proverbs. You see, in the book of Proverbs, the power and, and, and our words are mentioned many times, and there's going to be a slide with some references for you to look up. But as we look at these many references, there's some themes that have popped up. And when I speak, I always want to try to make things memorable and, and something that can stick. But as I was looking through the book of Proverbs, because it's such a very practical daily application book and the wisdom we find in there, we can use this very simply. The themes that came up were very, very simple. So in the simplicity, I want you to hear them as we listen to the power of words in Proverbs. The first thing that Proverbs tells us as we look at all those verses and kind of get some major themes from them, the first thing that Proverbs tells us is what we've been talking about. It, it, it implicitly tells us that our words are incredibly powerful. Listen to Proverbs 18, verse 21. It says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. You see, throughout Scripture, the tongue and our, and our words are, are linked, both literally and metaphorically. In the book of Proverbs, we find this. In the book of Psalms, and in the book of James, we find this as well, how our tongue and our words are linked. And the tongue, as you know, is a small part of our body, but it has profound influence and can bring life or death to people, whether that's physical life and death, spiritual life and death, or emotional life and death. This small part of our body, our words coming from our tongue, can bring life or death to people. They're powerful. James says, in the book of James, he compares our tongue to a spark. And a spark in a wood-burning stove on a fall night bringing heat and warmth is one thing, and that's a great thing. On the other hand, a spark that flies out of that stove or lands in the woods from a campfire somewhere and ca can cause massive destruction, billions of dollars worth of destruction and damage. And James says our tongue and our words are like that. They can be really helpful and good and create a great environment, or they can be very destructive. He goes on to tell us that our tongue is also like a rudder on a ship. And if you know anything about ships, ships can be massive. Carnival cruise lines, massive ships. But the rudder is a very small part of that ship 
comparatively speaking. And no matter how big or how fancy the ship may be with thousands of people on board and great food going to a beautiful island, if that rudder is not right, it has the power to, to take that ship off its course. It influences the tra trajectory of that big and important ship by just the small things. And James says our tongues and our words are like that. They influence the trajectory of our lives and the lives of people around us. You see, our words, they create action. They create life and death. A jury, by simply saying the word, can bring life or death to someone. A doctor, by assessing someone and seeing that they need surgery, can bring life-saving medicine to that person. A weatherman can issue a tornado warning, get people out of the path of a tornado warning, of a tornado, and bring life to people by his words. A counselor can bring hope and healing to a suicidal person through the words that he or she speaks. See, our words have the power of life and death. Just like God's powerful words spoke creation into being. Let there be light. Boom, there's light. And just like Jesus' powerful words spoke to the storm and calmed it, our words are also very powerful, and they start movements in our lives, in the lives of people as well. How you speak to yourself and others directly influences the trajectory not only of their day, but often of their lives. Our words are incredibly powerful. Another concept that is found in the book of Proverbs as we look at those verses and kind of find some key themes is found in Proverbs verse 12, verses 18 to 19. It says, There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Truthful lips endure forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. This is how our, our words have the power to heal or to hurt. Proverbs goes on and says this in 15.4, A gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. Proverbs 16.24 says this, Gracious words are like a honeycomb, sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Proverbs also tells us that this, uh, that our, power, our words are powerful, but our words, those words, have the power to heal or to hurt. As I was preparing for the message, I emailed some people and talked to some people and asked them to share some of the most powerful words that have ever been spoken to them. And almost everyone who replied back said, the good ones are the bad ones. And, and that stood out to me about the power of words having the, the power to heal or to hurt. And uh, one of the people I asked was Lauren, who we see singing with us on stage each and every week and is just is just great, and we see her growing in her ability to lead us in worship, and it's just great to see. So I asked her, I said, Lauren, what were some of the most powerful words ever spoken to you? And she said this. She said, a couple years ago, someone once told her that she's impossible to love. And while that's not true, we all know that. We see Lauren. We love Lauren. She, she brings Christ into everything that she does. Those words hurt her and have stuck with her. And words that have spoken to you have hurt you, and words that have been spoken to me have hurt me as well. Someone once said, a little criticism goes away, goes a long way. 
Emily P. Freeman, an author, says this. She says, the spoken word carries a lot of power. It's true for negative words. We already know that. It's why we can still remember verbatim the hurtful words spoken over us in our past, the unkind nicknames that were given to us as kids, the offhand comment from a parent, the harsh reprimand from a teacher, the accusation of an ex. Positive words stick too, but it takes five times as many of those to outweigh the negative ones. Someone once said that words can be forgiven but rarely forgotten. Words have the ability to hurt us. But not only do they have the ability to hurt us, words have the ability to heal us. A few weeks ago at the chapel, we did an event called In Your Shoes that was addressing the issue of, issue of social injustice in our country. And in this event, we heard three powerful stories from friends of the chapel and people from within the chapel who've experienced injustice in their life. But not only did they share their story of that hurt, they shared the story of healing and hope because of how their relationship with God carries them through these injustices. And as you share your story, as Yathus and Elvis and Caesar have shared their stories on that event for In Your Shoes, it brought healing to them because sharing your story is powerful for yourself. But also sharing the words about that brought healing to our congregation. It brought us, it brought us knowledge. It put a face to a concept. And it brought healing to us as we move forward. And we're going to do some great next steps with that in the coming months. But our words have the power to hurt. But words just as much have the power to heal. And I want to thank Caesar and Yathis and Elvis for sharing those stories. And if you haven't seen that event, I encourage you to check it out online because it's powerful and it brings healing not only to people and individuals and to churches and to cultures, it can bring healing to our, our nation. We need to move forward in this area. Words have the power to heal. You and I have been the recipient, both the recipient and giver of hurting and healing words. For me, I, I like to look at my kids. I have four kids and I look at them and I say, I am so thankful that you are born into this family. I am so thankful that I get to be your dad. And I try to tell them that often. I'm so proud of you. And my kids are like, for what? I'm like, just because you're you, I love you, and I'm so thankful for you, and so happy that you're my daughter. You're my favorite daughter. And then I say her age, so I don't hurt the other kids' feelings. But you get what I'm saying. I, I'm so thankful that you I get to be your dad. But in the same breath sometimes, after I say those things and those healing things, I can say something hurtful and stupid and offhand. It's just such a difference in us, and we both do this. We hurt and we heal, and we need God's grace to help us to outnumber those hurtful words with our healing words. I remember when our kids were little, my wife was trying to teach them the power of their words. So our daughters were there and she gave them a box of Legos and said, look, you guys work together and build something up and I'm going to time you. So the kids worked together and about 15 minutes later, they finished this little structure that they made. And then at that time, my wife opened the door and unleashed our son into the room. And you can guess what happened next. After that 15 minutes of building up a structure with all those, the thought that went into it, he destroyed that structure within 1.2 seconds. And that was a great illustration for them and a great illustration for kids how it takes time and thought and effort to use our words to build something up. 
but how a careless and thoughtless word can break something down really, really quickly. The last key theme um, found in Proverbs when it talks about our words was interesting to me because when, when I was studying it, I felt like God was, was telling me, hey, just, just be quiet. Like, just shh. Sometimes your words are, you don't need to use your words. Uh, and that was interesting to me because even as a person who's introverted and doesn't use a lot of words, I still felt like God was saying, hey, it's okay to zip it once in a while. So the, the point would be this. From the book of Proverbs, it's clear that the quality, not the quantity of our words count. It's the quality, not quantity of our words that count. Proverbs 10, 19 in the ESV says this, when words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. Proverbs 12, 23 in the message says this, prudent people don't flaunt their knowledge. Talkative fools broadcast their silliness. And Proverbs 17, verse 28 from the message says this, Even dunces who keep quiet are thought to be wise. As long as they keep their mouths shut, they're smart. This should give lots of us hope. I remember one time just sitting in a room with a, with a person who was going through a difficult time, and they were talking, and honestly, I was sitting there trying to listen and trying to track and trying to process, but they were completely, I was completely overwhelmed, didn't know what to do, was praying and wasn't really hearing from God how to help the conversation, and then they got done and said, thank you so much for your wisdom and for your knowledge and for helping me through that. And I was sitting there like, you're welcome. Sometimes it's okay not to say anything. How many times have you wished that you didn't say or text what you said or texted because our words influence the directions of our relationships? Sometimes it's okay not to say anything. Proverbs tells us that it's okay to, to not to speak sometimes and that the quality is more important than the quantity. Uh, the chances are if you're listening and not speaking, uh, if you're not saying anything, you have a great opportunity to listen. However, most people, as Stephen R. Covey says this, he says most people don't listen with the intent to understand. They listen with the intent to reply. If you're not speaking, it gives you the chance to listen. We can be quick to listen and slow to speak rather than quick to speak and slow to listen. How many times have we wished that we didn't say or text what we said or texted? It's the quality, not the quantity of our words. Gary Chapman in his book, Love as a Way of Life, uses a vivid metaphor for words as being either bullets or seeds. He says if we use our words as bullet, bullets with a feeling of superiority and condemnation, we're not going to be able to restore a relationship to love. However, if we use our words as seeds with a feeling of supportiveness and sincere goodwill, we can rebuild a relationship in positive and life-affirming ways. See, bullets and seeds, I love that metaphor. Bullets and seeds are very, very small things. But using them, but they have very different outcomes when you use them. Think about the words spoken on December 1st, 1955 in Montgomery, Alabama by Rosa Parks. The simple word, no, started an entire movement that continues with us today and that we continue need to need to work on. But the simple word no started a movement in our country. And for thousands and thousands of people, that word started a movement that continues today. 
It's the quality, not the quantity of our words that count. Proverbs tells us that despite what culture may say, it's okay to not always voice your opinion. Because if you do that, chances are you may be listening. It's the quality, not the quantity of our words that count. As we conclude, we know that our words are powerful, both written and spoken in the ways they can hurt or heal. But with everything that's going on around us today, the injustice, the dissension, the disease, I've heard many, many people say that Jesus is the answer. And while I understand that, and and I get that, Jesus is ultimately the answer, the Bible and the scripture never, never calls Jesus the answer. It refers to Jesus as the word. In John 1, 1, it says, Jesus, in the beginning was the word, this is Jesus, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Jesus is the word, and what does that mean? Jesus is the word because he is the means through which the Father, God, brought all physical reality into existence, and because he is the one who represents the Father's invisible nature and character to that creation. Just as our spoken words are the physical manifestation of our thoughts and our personality, Jesus is the word of the invisible God to his creation. And now, because you and I are made in God's image and we follow Christ, we have a responsibility to carry on what Christ has started and use the power of our words effectively in ways that people, that build up people and can continue Christ revealing God's love and character to his creation. Our words have, are powerful. And now, more than ever, we have the opportunity to use our powerful words well to represent Christ to a world that is watching and in desperate need of hope. Would you pray with me? God, I thank you for the gift of words. I pray that as people who follow you, that we would understand that they are powerful and they have a a massive influence on both us and the people around us. Help us to use those words well. God, I pray for anyone who who is listening to this message this morning that that has had negative or hurtful words spoken over them. God, I pray that your word, who you say they are, that they are valuable, that they are lovable, that they are sons and daughters in you, that those powerful, unchanging, truthful words would overshadow the negative and hurtful words that have been spoken to them perhaps all their life. God, I pray for us. God, I pray that we would use our words well and that we would continue representing you to, the wor- to this world by the words that we use. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you guys for joining us today. Hope you have a great 4th of July weekend, and we will see you next Sunday as we continue our Fountain of Life series. Thanks.